ACS Distance Education is a family business I started in 1979, owned and run by my wife, Leonie, and sons, Dave, Steve, and Nick. All the part owners now and work in the business. This year we celebrate 45 years of successful operation. The business has evolved through a period of rapid change, embracing technological and scientific advances, constantly striving to innovate and improve the quality of learning it provides. It's all about distance learning. Distance learning has always provided a level of flexibility that you can't get in a face-to-face -face course. But there are many more advantages today than just the convenience of not having to travel to a classroom at a particular time. The ACS approach to education constructs a very flexible learning journey that leads the student through a variety of different encounters with information and skills which they are learning. Repeated encounters with information in different contexts will reinforce and strengthen that learning. Extrinsic learning and intrinsic learning are recognised as being different and as such need to be built into the courses in different ways. Here's an example of how a unit of learning works. A student might read about different leaf shapes. Then they view drawings or photos um, so that they get a better handle on what their reading really looks like in real life. Next, they may need to watch a video where the information is pre presented through audio as well as video. So they're getting it not just through their visual senses, but through their hearing senses as well. After that, they're prompted to leave the computer, get up, go outside and identify different leaf shapes on different plants and take digital photos of them or draw them. Then they go back to the computer and take an automated online test, answering a variety of questions about different leaf shapes. The student then answers assignment questions, writes up an assignment and submits it online for an expert horticulturist on our staff to review and check what the student has been doing and make sure that they're on track and they understand and that they're learning about leaf shapes. Then that tutor or um, member of our teaching staff, they're going to respond with feedback. That feedback in any assignment must always um, not only confirm that the student is on the right learning path, but also add to that by giving them a little more information and motivate the student to keep going. Finally, at the end of the course, the student will sit a written exam in their own locality at a time of their own choosing, choosing a place of their own choosing, but under a supervision. Each one of these encounters with leaf shapes through, uh, that I've just explained is going to build on and reinforce what they started reading about in the first instance. 
Students may not be interacting with the teacher face to face, but neither are they sharing the teacher's attention with the classroom full of other students. ACS has found students can actually learn better if they're passionate about the learning and they're given an opportunity for a closer one-to-one -one interaction with teachers, which is going to happen when they submit the assignment and get the feedback from the teacher. We also provide the opportunity to contact teachers if they get stumped at any point, so there's plenty of backup there all the time. This is a well-constructed learning pathway. It's been constructed taking into account what they need to learn about horticulture and also what they need to learn from a psychological point of view, how the psychology works in the learning. Um, now, in the beginning, how did I start this school? I taught landscaping at Burnley Horticultural College um, over 1977-78, just a casual lecturer there. In December 78, I went into a classroom over the summer break and the college had something like 10,000 applications for people to do studies the next year. And they had um, well under 10% of opportunities for people to fill those places. I said to the principal, look, um, uh, where where's everyone else going to learn about horticulture and his response was well there's only one apprenticeship school and they're full up and there's a few hobby classes around um, but uh, they they're generally full up there really isn't a lot of other opportunity I thought about that and a couple of years earlier I'd done a distance education course with RMIT on park supervision and I thought well I wonder if uh, a lot of those people could be catered for by a distance education course like the one I did in park supervision. The Burnley principal of the time Brian Powell was sold on the idea and tried to get government support for myself and Burnley to develop something. After months of stalling, though, another colleague I knew from Council of Adult Education prompted me to develop a course and said he would market it if I developed it. So, in the middle of 1979, I sat down and I spent all my spare moments developing a course in horticulture. We then advertised it in a national gardening magazine and we got 37 enrolments just from the one small ad. We were off. We developed more courses each year and the staff increased. My computer programmer brother prompted me to buy a computer in 1982 and put all of my courses into a word processor. We were printing courses from computer files using an old dot matrix printer didn't look all that great in today's terms, but it was cutting-edge technology for those days. We were monitoring feedback from students and then adding to and updating courses in response to that feedback. We started being asked to write books and magazine articles for various publishers. 
which gave us more visibility and helped us sell courses. But generating supplementary revenue then came from that extra stream of writing. That allowed us to employ more staff and grow even further. ACS formed close alliances with a number of industry bodies over the 80s and 90s, which served two purposes, keeping our courses in tune with industry and allowing the school to support and strengthen the industries that it supported. In other words, give back to industry. John Mason, myself, I served on uh, the Australian Institute of Horticulture Committees over that period in the 80s. Uh, for several years, and I had two terms as Victorian President of AIH. We began exhibiting frequently at garden shows. In 1988, we were asked um, by the Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria to take um, over the organising of the Horticulture Pavilion at the Royal Melbourne Show. We drummed up about 30 industry exhibitors and we did this for about five years. Two of those years we won awards. In the 1990s, early 90s, I'd been getting prompts from Colin Campbell, a radio TV gardening personality in Queensland, to establish in Queensland. Colin kept saying to me, look, um, you're not going to get very far with selling courses and um, and growing the school in Queensland unless you actually have a presence in Queensland. So in 92, my wife and I bought a second home and set up a second business in Queensland and we ran offices both in Melbourne in southern Australia and Queensland in the north. In the early 90s, we embraced the internet and developed the option of online course delivery. In 92, we became the first registered training organisation accredited through the Australian government, the first private uh, provider of horticultural education um, through the Australian government. And we achieved that by use, uh, using or employing Jim Davis, former principal of Burnley Horticultural College, who managed our application and his contribution should always be acknowledged. Over that period of the next few years, we formed various industry committees and went through processes of reviewing our courses, writing curriculum documentation, supporting it to government authorities, and by the mid to uh, late 90s, we had over 70% of our courses accredited uh, through Australian government bodies. Throughout the 90s, and to some degree uh, because of the internet, where we were finding we were increasing the percentage of students coming from outside Australia though. Our understanding of distance education had been developing over the years, and as a result, the strategies we were following to achieve better student outcomes were constantly strengthening. By the late 90s, we were increasingly focused on experiential learning, learning through experiencing what you're learning about, and teaching content that would underpin a lifelong career. So looking at what people needed to know as a foundation 
to build a career that would um, support them throughout their whole life. In the 2000s, we moved away from being a registered training organisation in Australia, largely because we were dealing with the whole world by then. And an Australian accreditation system was really just focused on Australia and it didn't fit with the whole world. We set up in the UK, so we had a second office there. Eventually we closed the Melbourne office. We started a whole lot of different partnership affiliate programs and through those licensing our intellectual property to other colleges who could then deliver them as their own courses. So we were creating the courses and keeping the courses up to date, setting the learning pathways that people were following and then letting other people deliver those courses using the framework that we'd put together. We still kept our own two schools running though. That is our quality control. It's our testing of how things are working. So these days we would have maybe uh, 40, 50,000 people a year at any one point in time are doing our courses around the world but maybe only about 3,000 of those are doing the courses through our English school or UK school and our Australian school. Today our courses are delivered by our own schools in Australia and the UK and 27 partner colleges around the world. 80% of our income is generated by royalties paid by those affiliates. We're signing up more affiliates all the time and some of those are very uh, profitable businesses. By not having to concentrate as much on directly servicing students though, uh, that gives us the opportunity to be able to concentrate on keeping the courses up to date and responding to public demand or public needs and creating new courses as they needed. At the peak of COVID we had over 70,000 students in our courses, though since COVID that's decreased. Um, ACS now at this point in time has developed over a thousand different courses and 150 plus ebooks over 45 years and more than 450 videos to support our courses. While the school has expanded into many disciplines including management, agriculture and sciences, horticulture remains about a third of our activity. The school and its staff remain active across horticulture and other industries and it, it's involved these days as a silver sponsor of the Australian Institute of Horticulture. Uh, this year in 2024 we're participating in a, a display stand at the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. Um, that's the biggest uh, garden show in the Southern Hemisphere. That's in March this year. Every year um, we actively support many events across Australia and also other parts of the world, in particular the UK. Myself, I'm spending most of my time writing, working in my own garden, managing the school and 
I'm also on two committees. I'm uh, the Education Chair and Director of the Australian Garden Council, which leads me to a lot of very interesting experiences and also gives me the opportunity to keep in touch with a lot of what's going on in industry. My other um, committee, I'm President of IARC, an international accreditation body, which represents around 100 private colleges from across the world. Next year, who knows?